What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 79 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Corey, four weeks left of the regular season. We saw Mr. Irrelevant beat the greatest quarterback of all time this week. And we saw Baker Mayfield with a comeback for the ages. I mean, again, we always say it's football. It's going to be a good week. It definitely was. Getting some clarity in the conferences. Four games left. Like I said, it's the structure on teams got to get going. And hopefully we can recap it and give our insights. And we can kind of show you who's going to get to the playoffs come January. Yeah, Pao. If I told you three weeks ago that Baker Mayfield was going to lead a 98-yard game-winning drive, against the Raiders and that Brock Purdy was going to beat Tom Brady. You probably think I'm, I'm crazy, but you know, week 14, these two things happen. Been a cr- pretty crazy season. A lot of uh, pretty new stuff going on, like not regular stuff. So yeah, another week, another um, recap uh, to get into. Yeah. We're going to start first with that Thursday night football game in SoFi stadium. We'll start with the bad first. The Las Vegas Raiders, Corey, are 5-8 and eight this year. They have blown three 17-point leads. They have lost to Jeff Saturday, who was literally plucked from the ESPN studios in his coaching debut with a week of preparation. And they just blew a 13-point a a lead with under four minutes left to a guy who was cut by the Panthers, picked up on a Tuesday – and then let an eight-play, ninety-eight-yard drive in under two minutes against you to lose, like to lose you the game. I mean, five and eight playoff expectations they had in Josh McDaniels' first year. I don't know what their future holds. Even McDaniels' future, like their offense, like has shown certain flashes. But again, I just listed out five disgusting losses. That like that's a reflection sometimes of coaching. Derek Carr not good in this one. And, yeah, I mean, for a Rams team that had absolutely zero life, I know the Raiders had very slim playoff hopes, but, I mean, this is this was just the epitome of their season. Mm-hmm. I For the Raiders, you know, it's kind of a frustrating type season. I mean, five and eight, you lost, I know, it was what, week two against the Cardinals. They, they blew a lead. I know they blew one against the Jags. They blew one this game. And maybe one more. Um, uh, did you say um, the Did you say the Chiefs? Oh yeah, the Chiefs one. I'm that was the other football. seventeen point. Well, yeah. I mean five and eight. Like it's really like we've been saying like the Raiders are really not that bad of a team, but like in this game, you got to put away the Rams. Like you get a chance to go to six and seven, get basically back into the AFC wildcard picture. I mean, still with five and eight, you have a slither of hope, but like it's kind of like kind of crushes your dreams of making the playoffs. I know you're in the red zone in this game, and uh, Derek Carr throws a pick. You just got to be better than that. I mean, the they literally have Baker Mayfield. I mean, hey, all credits to Baker for, for coming in and leading the Rams to a win. But sometimes you just got to put teams away, and the Raiders have had a difficult season, a difficult time all season doing that. And it's just kind of unfortunate because the AFC West, honestly, like just – Hasn't been as good as we all thought outside of the Chiefs. I mean, the Broncos have been terrible. The Chargers have been, like, an all right team. But it's just, like, the Raiders, when you look at the Raiders, like, it's not like they're a team necessarily, like, on the rise. Like, let's get into it. Like, a team like the Jaguars currently sitting at 5-8. and eight, I mean, they're still on the way up. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like the Raiders are a team who went all in 
Like they got Devonta Adams, they got like a top receiver in the NFL trying to make a push to actually do something in the AFC for once. And yeah, I mean, they're just choking leads all season and just not getting it done. So I don't know where they go from here. I don't think they trade Derek Carr though. I mean, I think they gotta like kind of gotta stay in like a win win now type mode. I mean, you just signed you just got Devontae Adams. I think you kind of just gotta like keep trying to win. Like you can't just be like, we're gonna rebuild. Like you gotta keep going. I mean, try to maybe a breakthrough year will finally come, maybe another year under um Josh McDaniel. I don't know if he'll be back, but in Devontae Adams, but hey. Just a brutal loss, but credit to Baker Mayfield um, during the game-winning touchdown to Van Jefferson, leading a 98-yard drive. I know he had some some PI calls on that, some penalties, but all the credit in the world. Two day, coming in two days before, I mean, the post-game in the locker room was pretty electric. So, yeah, I mean, that's just a good win for the Rams, even though they're basically out of the playoffs. I mean, still definitely going to be a um, confidence booster for Baker Mayfield and yeah I mean all credit to him I mean no one really expected that yeah just finishing up on the Raiders it's been a disappointing year they've also struggled with some injuries like Darren Waller really hasn't been himself this year even with the contract extension he got early on before the season Hunter Renfro as well has been out so those are two arguably of your top three receiving threats behind Devontae Adams so that definitely hurts them this year but yeah do I think McDaniels and Carr will probably get another run at it next year? Maybe, like probably, honestly. But, yeah, for a team that had pretty high expectations, just an ugly season, hopefully year two for them is better. Yeah, pivoting to the Rams, maybe this is something that can – like this was a team that kind of seemed like they were dead and wouldn't win another game all year. But, I don't know, maybe this could like kind of spark like just a nice little stretch on obviously they're not going to the playoffs at four and nine. But who knows, you just get some more competitive football. You get to see some younger players build for – the future. And for the biggest thing, again, this is now a four game audition for Baker Mayfield. We kind of mentioned that maybe you could parlay this into going into camp somewhere and competing for a job. I even think that that's maybe a little bit of a stretch unless he plays significantly well, like down the turn, which I mean, don't get me wrong. That was a great start. I think he won NFC offensive player of the week too, with his performance, but that was an awesome start to his Rams tenure. So maybe yeah, if he keeps it up and plays really good football over the next month, he can, like I said, walk into training camp in 2023 as a guy competing for a spot in, I don't know, I don't want to say like the Jets, just like, but I was just throwing, like that's, that was just the first thought that came to my mind. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen. Yeah. But if not, like I said, I think that him staying in LA wouldn't even be that bad of an idea for on a one-year deal and then maybe give it another shot in 2024. I think that McVay's could, scheme could hide some of the things that Baker Mayfield necessarily doesn't do well and that could highlight some of the things that Baker does well. And Matt Matt Stafford, to be completely fair, like isn't the most – like he's been susceptible to injuries over the past couple of years. I know he didn't miss any time last year, but, you know, I mean, this year he's been banged up. I mean, in his Lions tenure, he's a tough dude. Like he played a lot of games and stuff, but he was always hurt, and he got hurt towards the end of it too. I don't think it was 2020, but I think it was 2019 – he missed like the second half of that year, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what the future holds for Baker Mayfield. But like I said, it was an awesome start to his Rams tenure and good for him. Like I said, it it just seemed like he could be loose and play out there for a guy who was a former number one overall pick and almost like the Messiah in the Cleveland quarterback world. And they finally were like, oh, my goodness, he's going to put an end to this 
quarterback curse and that j- famous jersey that they have and stuff with all the names. Like, all right, Baker finally solved it. I mean, that's a ton of pressure to put, like, on a young man. And good for him, like I said, just being able to ball out, go to a place that the expectations really aren't anything because the Rams aren't good this year. So, yeah, keep playing ball, Baker Mayfield. And just, just have fun again with the game of football. So hopefully he continues that success. I believe they have the Packers this week on Monday Night Football. So another good opportunity for him on prime time to really showcase that. I'm, I'm Maybe too. I didn't think into that theory just because like I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Maybe the only re- – like there were some strings behind the scenes that were like, we think that the Raiders and the Rams and then the next week – the Packers and the Rams, both of those games being on primetime, like those aren't necessarily very appealing with the Rams' current roster. So maybe the NFL was like, yo, Rams, can you play Baker Mayfield and stuff like that? Like, this would maybe give us a bump in ratings. Who knows? Maybe it is. I doubt it. But I, I like I like to conspire sometimes and think stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We'll stay in the state of California, core with a quarterback. We said Baker Mayfield was a former number one overall pick. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. I believe the pick number was 262 or 263, I want to say. Three total touchdowns, outduels Tom Brady. I'll start with – we'll go to you on this, Coy. You said the Niners at three and a half felt so easy, and it was just a miscalculated line. You are 100% right. The Buccaneers, man, it's it, it's tough, and it showed again. I mean, they, they, they're not a good football team. They're really not, and, I mean, you want to keep believing because it is Tom Brady, but – even Tom Brady from – I mean, last year he led the league in, in, like, touchdowns. But, I mean, like, Tom Brady from the Super Bowl when they beat the Chiefs, like, was just such a – even such, like, a different Brady. And he did have um a better team. I feel like his defense was better. Uh, I mean, he did have Antonio Brown, too. I mean, he had a younger Mike Evans, Chris Godwin back then. He had Rob Gronkowski. Honestly, I mean, you could argue without Gronk, what has Brady – Okay, no, I'm not gonna say that. that... Don't, don't please don't say that. No, 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 no. That's but uh, but but, but to, be, to be completely fair, the year that he didn't have Gronk in New England, he lost in the first round of the playoffs, and people like it looked like he took a significant step back that last year in New England. So you're, I get where you were going. With no, that. no, I wasn't even gonna say that. But hmm. I mean, before they even got Gronk in um, the season, they won the Super Bowl. Like, I don't was he even starting? I feel like he not. I think he was starting from the first game. But like, yeah, I mean. Without Gronk, I mean, he does not look like the same quarterback. He's also 45, so, I mean, that makes sense also. He's just not a mobile. He can't move. So, I mean, you get any type of pressure on him. I swear every time I see this guy and he gets pressured, he just, like, throws the ball and it just, like, goes into the ground. So, I mean, yeah, this was all Niners from, the from like, the start, 35 nothing like, early in the third. Like, probably could have made it worse. But, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy – I said on the last podcast, I mean, I still think the 49ers are the favorite in the NFC, even with Brock Purdy. I mean, losing Debo Samuel is definitely a blow. I mean, I don't think he's going to be out for the year, though. But, I mean, no Debo, you you lose a playmaker, but that's why you get Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the NFL, rushing and receiving. I mean, he rushed for over 100 in this game. I mean, Brandon Ayuk's going to have to step up. um, Dewan. Jennings gonna have to step up Kittle I still think just like their defense is so good that I still think they're the favorites in the NFC and after a win like this you can't say they're not and yeah for the Bucs we're gonna get into it a little bit uh sooner it's just I think people like I want to believe they're just a lock to win the NFC South but I mean like the Panthers are playing some solid ball right now and 
They are creeping up. They have another game with them um, before the season ends, and they did take the first game. So, like, they win that game. They'll have the tiebreaker. I mean, I just can't see. I just can't see Tom Brady not winning this division. That's the thing. But I mean, he's definitely got the Panthers kind of riding on his back. Even like the um, the Falcons are even there too. But I don't know. I just don't. Brady and the Bucks have looked bad all year, and kind of unfortunate. I don't know what the future holds for them. If Tom Brady wants to come back next year, like, what do you do as the Bucks? Do you say like? Yeah, come back, or are you like, all right, Tom? Like, I know you're the goat, but like, I think I think it's time to move on. What do you think they do? That's a tough look in the mirror. It really is because I think that one of those dilemmas, core that if you bring Brady, if you bring Brady back, a little alliteration there, can you really look at yourself and be like, we're a true Super Bowl contender next year, and that we can fix enough of the problems that went wrong? I necessarily am not sure. I think. Their offensive line is such a mess. Leonard Fournette has taken a big step back. You know, running backs, their lifespan in the NFL, unfortunately, of their of dominance isn't great. So that's the biggest thing with them. If they think that they can patch enough of their holes that they're a Super Bowl contender next year, then I think Tom Brady could still be the quarterback of a Super Bowl-level team, even at 45 going into – you know what I mean? Like, if still if the P's are around them, I'm, I'm not willing to throw this all on Brady at all this mm-hmm. year yeah do, do i think he's some of the problem a little bit i don't think he's their main issue at all they've also been a little less healthy on defense also maybe not thrown into enough is this is the first year that bruce arians maybe he makes a lot more of an impact than we originally thought however they really look at their roster right now and they don't expect to make a lot of changes it's almost like maybe we would be better being worse in 2023 without brady because that just makes us become a contender even quicker down the line. Whereas Brady's, if we bring out back Brady and the whole crew, like we're destined for what, nine games in a first round exit, like nine wins in a first round exit. So I think that's kind of like a weighing of a balance there, if you ask me. And that's something, like I said, that Jason Lit- Lich, Light is the general manager there. He definitely has to worry about. I'm sure that at, in this offseason, they will look for, a potential successor at the quarterback position. They drafted Kyle Trask a couple of years ago, but I mean, what Trask will be going into his third year next year. So if Trask isn't starting next year, you can't like really put your eggs in his basket with only a four-year contract there. So if I had to guess right now, I would lean slightly that Brady's back with, I'd lean that Brady's back with the Bucs next year, but I'm not like really confident about it. What's your take on it? I know you asked the question, so maybe maybe you're strongly opinionated one side or the other. I mean, I just feel like Tom Brady, like it's just a tough look for him to go out on. I agree. I don't think it's all on Brady. I just think like he can't, he needs like a lot, a lot of pieces like around him to be successful. Like you put in, other quarterbacks who are like elite right now into this offense, I mean, they're definitely better than what they are now. But I mean, yeah, you definitely have to upgrade the offensive line. Um, yeah, it doesn't have that much time to throw. I mean, personally, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one. I think he'll honestly be back, but I wouldn't be surprised if like the first round, um, the Bucks do go uh, quarterback. It just, I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's no knock on Brady. The guy's the greatest quarterback. Like he's the greatest of all time. It's just he's not 25. He's not even like 35 anymore. Dude's 45 years old. Like eventually it's going to have to come to an end and the Bucks are going to have to move on. And so, I mean, so is Brady. So I wouldn't be surprised if 
they draft a quarterback in the first round, even though they did get Kyle Trask. But, I mean, you think about it, like, guys get drafted. There's so many guys, I feel like, that get drafted with, like, just, like, no intentions of ever actually being, like, a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like, what's the point of even drafting a guy if, like, you have no intentions of even starting him? I guess it's, like, for guys like Brock Purdy, like, just to come in when they're needed. No, you make, you make a, you, I'm sorry to kind of cut you off because this is an awesome point that you make here. And I, maybe even like if you look at the last draft, of like not enough, enough people talked about this. That's why a lot of the quarterbacks, if you actually fell in the last draft, because it's like if you don't think Desmond Ritter is a franchise quarterback, then why are you using a second round pick on? You know what I mean? Like why waste a second round pick? A second round pick is really valuable in the NFL. That could be potentially like a Pro Bowl level player at some point if you develop him right. Like I'm just thinking about other second. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. That's why he waited. Malik Willis was the same thing. This is why some of these quarterbacks, taking a quarterback in day two is one of the trickiest things in football, if you ask me. I, I mean, obviously taking one in round one is even crazy, but you know what I mean? Like, even if you just look back in recent years and stuff, I'm just thinking it's like Davis Mills was a day two pick. At least, like, he was a successful day two quarterback pick, if you ask me. But guess who was picked right around Davis Mills? Kellen Mond. Like, you know, Kellen Mond is going to be what in the end? I don't even know if Kellen Mond's on a roster right now. I don't think like, he's, no. like he's definitely not on the Vikings anymore. So that's what I like. You're 100 percent right that like Trask hasn't even gotten significant game action through two years, which makes Jalen Hurts being a second rounder that much more crazy when you throw it into that perspective. Mm-hmm. So you make a really good point, and it's something that a lot of teams, I'm sure that in the back of their mind, like they do and stuff, but like Bailey Zapp, too, is like a fourth rounder this year. Like almost that that that's like a questionable thing. You have Mac Jones and stuff. But, like, they must have thought Zap was really that good to use a fourth-rounder a year after they took who they thought was their franchise quarterback just because, I mean, still, I'm not going to say you, you pick Hall of Famers in the fourth round. But, again, these are valuable draft assets that you are stockpiling at quarterback. And, again, you're – like, what is your return on a day-two pick in those middle rounds on a quarterback? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if you find your franchise quarterback in the middle rounds, that's one of the greatest things ever. But – Let's be real here. How likely does it? It's just something that doesn't really happen often. So for every Kirk Cousins fourth round pick, yeah, for every but for every Kirk Cousins you find in the fourth round, right? You find fifteen Kyle Lawletta's who you probably don't even know. No, I know. Don't disrespect me. Okay, okay. Listen, listen. You could ask half fifty percent of Giants fans that don't know who Kyle Lawletta is. Yeah, you're right. So you know what I mean. You get um Bryce Petty's, Christian Hackenberg's. Now I'll, yeah. talk, I'll talk your world for a little bit. So it's a good conversation to have, and we'll definitely, like, dive deeper into that come draft time. So let's go right back on pace. So we were talking about the Buccaneers and their quarterback problems, maybe that they'll have at the end of the year. We said also that the Panthers could potentially catch them, right? The Panthers had a really nice win against the Seattle Seahawks where they absolutely dominated time of possession. I think they had the ball for about 40 minutes in this game. They ran for 223 yards on the ground. Sam Darnold is just controlling the game. Sam Darnold, game manager, that's not really, like, what you think. Normally think of Sam Darnold as a guy trying to, like, make up too many plays and ends up making a mistake. But the fact that you mentioned they're a game back and they still play Tampa Bay with a chance to have the tiebreaker, it's a huge opportunity for them. Their defense has been playing really good under interim head coach Steve Wilkes. So maybe Carolina can definitely steal the division. I ultimately don't think it will happen, but it's definitely uh, something to keep an eye out on. And on the other side of that game, Seattle, I mean, it's just kind of caught up to them a little bit that, like, 
their early season heroics and like they're their hype team. They might squeeze into the playoffs, but it's just they're not a very good football team. Like they're decent off, they're pretty good offensively. I know Gino had probably his worst game today. I know he threw a couple of interceptions in this one, but their defense is kind of has been a little rough. It's actually been really rough these past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Definitely catching up to them. I mean, last week they snuck out a win against the Rams. Who didn't even have Baker at the time? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a little bit rough lately, and it's been catching up. I mean, Geno Smith threw two interceptions in this game. I mean, overall, his stats this year still are really good, to be honest. Uh, I think Geno is going to be the starter next year for Seattle at first. And if they do go quarterback, I think it's Geno's. Like, Geno's deserved another chance. Or if not, he's deserved a chance somewhere else. Like, I think he could be a starting quarterback somewhere. Geno, Geno. I'll, this is not a bull take. Geno Smith, I guarantee you, will be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year, week one. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy that Geno Smith, he's 32. Like, this dude has just been, like, roaming around the league. I mean, this guy, what? I think he was a second-round pick. He's a second-rounder. There you go. Put us to shame, Geno. Yeah, I mean, second round is still – you're right as a day two guy. First time he's not, I didn't realize that. But, I mean, yeah, Geno is a guy – He's just been like around the league for so long, and he's already thirty-two years old. Like, no, he's no youngster at all. And I think, yeah, I mean, hey, what do you know about the Geno and the Jets reunion? I mean, nah, I definitely don't think it'll happen. But I'll be, uh, I'd be all right. I mean, I know him and Rex Ryan never really got along, but I think Robert Sala would, uh, would get behind Geno and all this guy's nice little quotes on like football and on life but as long as they don't have the guy who punched him like he can't be anywhere near, he can't be allowed in the oh, facility I anymore forgot i forgot that, that guy's guy. name i forgot yeah. his name too, actually he was like a, i think he was like a d lineman right or, yeah he was like an end which yeah. makes it even more funny like it wasn't even like like how often like you know what i mean like i feel like he wasn't like a big name player either so like i wonder really how often like your starting quarterback interacts with a practice squadish yeah. edge player like you know what i mean like it can't be that much. Like, like that must have been like a really decent rift. I know that's like way back in the past, but I'm sorry to continue. Very good. Um, when you're talking about the the Panthers, though, I mean Sam Darnold last two weeks hasn't been like great, but I mean he's gotten the job done for the Panthers. And this week's a big game for them. They play the Steelers. You know, I mean, you look at their final um stretch. You got Steelers at home, the Lions at home, you got the Bucks, and you got the Saints. Like. Very manageable schedule if, if you think about it. And then the Bucks, I mean, you play the Bengals at home. That's that's no easy game. I mean, even Tampa in in Arizona, I mean Kyler's out, so they should be able to win that. And then they got AFC opponents the last two games. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not gonna say the Panthers are gonna win, but like it really wouldn't surprise me. This week's definitely a big, big game. I mean, have to have it this week. If the Panthers could win this week, I, I honestly don't think the uh the Bucs are gonna win this week. I just don't think they're a good team. Like it's crazy that the Bucs are plus three and a half at home against the Bengals, and then they were plus three and a half on the road at San Fran. I think like Vegas was like, oh no, we just like screwed up. But I don't know. I think I think the Panthers could win this week. They're just six and eight. And I don't think the Bucs like they're both six and eight going to the remaining three games. I don't know. Like it's just so, it's so hard to pick against Brady, but I would honestly like the Panthers' chances to get into the playoffs. I mean, I hate to say it, yeah. I I think it would be a good it would be a good matchup for them. I mean, just like a good opportunity for them to to win it out. But 
Like, do you think if these two teams have like the same record going into that um that matchup, to like, are you throwing the house on on the Bucks to beat the Panthers? Like, if they both have the same record, like it's for the division, basically. No, which is disgusting. But I'm not like I just don't feel confident in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at all. I who's running like I love Carolina's running game, especially what it's been doing recently. So if they're able to control the tempo of the game, I know the Buccaneers defense is still good. I know it's not what it was last year and two years ago, but I would probably still take the Bucks in the game. But again, I don't feel good about that in any way, shape, or form. But you make a good point. They like with Tampa Bay playing Cincinnati this week. Carolina could win, tie each other at records, right, at six and eight, then if Carolina wins that head-to-head game, they're all but in. Like, they just have to win one other game. So they can set themselves up really nice with a win this week. And, I mean, again, if you want to be a playoff team, you have to beat uh, – is that game in Pittsburgh or is it at Carolina? No, it's in it's, Carolina. It's probably in Carolina because they were on the road last week. It is, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you want to be a playoff team, you have to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, who might not even have Kenny Pickett. So the ball's in your court, Carolina. We'll see what goes with them. I mean, it would be a nice story. Like, you fire your coach in the beginning of the year. You trade away your franchise player and Christian McCaffrey, and somehow, some way, you still end up making the playoffs. Welcome to the NFC South in 2022. Going back a little bit towards the top of the NFC We'll just mention the Cowboys had a little bit of a scare against the Houston Texans, but they ended up winning that game late. The Philadelphia Eagles had anything but a scare, a 48-22 victory over the New York Giants. It was ugly. It was a game that I took away from and really got to watch Jalen Hurts up close and personal. And you could just see the growth, even from last year when he played in MetLife against the Giants. They had him doing circles and throwing through like three interceptions in that one. His development as a passer has been – Nothing short of spectacular. I mean, I definitely know a couple weeks ago on the podcast that I was like, I was a little nervous that if Philadelphia's X to win, airing the ball out, playing a little bit from behind, that would scare me because that's just something they haven't done this yet. But I don't know. With watching Hurts like deliver the football, I, I would feel pretty confident about. Like, I feel confident about the Eagles in almost any situation. I probably think that they're a better team than the Cowboys. And I was going back and forth with them. Like I was saying the Cowboys might be the best. I probably think right now that they are a better team than the Cowboys. The Niners, like I love the Niners. I'm a huge Niners and I want to believe in them so bad. But if like since they haven't, I just don't see this Niners team as that much more special than the other two that weren't able to get the job done. So why am I going to like put my hopes in this one as much? You know what I mean? But I think those three teams definitely are on the top of the NFC. And I think it's fair to say the Eagles are the best. I mean, I know the Giants really beat up with, injuries and it showed in their secondary they couldn't cover anybody but on the ground too miles sanders had an absolute day but yeah i mean are you are you still behind this philadelphia top team in the nfc or do you really like the 49ers that much or I mean, dallas it's for me it's not nah, i think we hey i mean we were saying if i was saying a few weeks ago when dallas plays the eagles like I would take a mortgage out on dallas and i'll, I'll stick with that I you still, hear about you you see this beef that's going on too right what Michael pa- Michael Parsons threw a little bit of shade at Jalen Hurts. Oh, it hurts. Which, oh, I saw that. I mean, yeah. it makes me like the Eagles a little bit more because I think that's something that's so underrated with Jalen Hurts is like one how mature he is, how good of a leader he is. Like his character is awesome. You know, like people also forget that this was a guy who was so good at Alabama and then kind of just got like kicked to the curb because Tua sure. Tagovailoa won the national championship with an unbelievable half the football. Tua was probably a better college quarterback at that time than Hurts. 
But, like, still, and then this was a guy who goes to Oklahoma and was a Heisman finalist. So, yeah, I mean, this guy, like, he's resilient, and his makeup is awesome. And I just don't see – like, Michael Parsons might be poking a – like, I don't want to say a sleeping giant because the Eagles are have the best record in the NFC. But, yeah, I don't, I don't like that from Michael Parsons. Not at all. I mean, Parsons has been confident in his ability. And he uh, can be. He can be. He's probably a front runner for defensive player of the year. So, yeah, no, he can be, like, but – In the past, he's been, like you said, like, the NFL wasn't – hard i mean i the guy has shown it he's just dominating the league so i mean that nah, hurts is a guy who definitely got that dog in him like you saw that clip on the sideline like aj brown and quest watkins are just clowning around and then you see hurts just like all like locked in i think like i'll probably lean the eagles over the niners just because i mean like jalen hurts i think is definitely taken a step. I mean, I, I don't know what you're gonna think. Like, Hertz has to be like right now has to be the MVP of the league. I mean, I know Mahomes is like obviously the best quarterback, but like he's got the like Jalen Hurts is twelve and one. Got twenty two like passing touchdowns, three picks. I think he got ten or eleven rushing touchdowns. Like, and the team is like this good. And I'm going to go back to, like, that Eagles game. Like, after that, I was kind of, like, a little concerned. I was like, if the Eagles have to get into a game where they got to throw the ball a lot, I don't know, like, how confident I am. I don't know why I just went off that game. I mean, the last two weeks, um, Jalen Hurts against the Titans threw for 380 and three touchdowns. And then this week, I mean, obviously got it done with ease. They're just, like, a very balanced attack. Like, if he can get the job done like that, like, this is a very, very dangerous team. And Hurts, I mean, yeah, I mean, his growth obviously has been tremendous. I mean, last year he was more, I think last year we saw Jalen Hurts more as like, he was just like a fantasy quarterback. Like he was just picking up like garbage time touchdowns. But now he's actually like a legit quarterback. I mean, reading the field, making good throws. And I mean, obviously he's able to run. So, yeah, I I mean, right now, I mean, would you make an argument like Jalen Hurts right now is a is a what? Like a top seven? It's gotta be a top seven quarterback in the NFL. Like Yeah. I yeah, I mean I he's the MVP he's him and Mahomes. I don't like he's an MVP front runner. Like it's him and Mahomes right now. So I think for somebody to go out and honestly say that like he isn't a top seven quarterback. I think it's just. I think it's personally it's a bad take. Core, who, who's core? Who's a better quarterback? Him or Lamar Jackson? Similar one. styles. I mean, you look at like their body types. I feel like Jalen Hurts definitely is like a stronger type body, like guy who could like take more hits. I, I'll still say Lamar is better, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, okay, Hurts puts together another year like this. I'm gonna have to go Hurts. You know, I'll give the respect to Lamar, but like Hurts' body is also really like strong like this is a guy in college who at oklahoma was like squatting like 600 pounds like lamar's like really like yeah he's got he's got he's got a like a a much better frame i agree with that yeah i mean lamar gets hurt a decent amount but herbert and burrow you still both taking them over hurts i mean i'll take i don't know i hurts i just seem to see him do like more i mean I don't even think I will. I mean, it's fair, yeah. Like he's no, still young. Honestly, I'll take I'll take Hertz over both of them. I just don't have like, not nah, yeah. Give me Hertz over both of them. I just like like Hertz is proving he could throw the ball. I mean, Burrow and 
Herbert are guys who can like sling the rock, but like Jalen Hurts could throw. I mean, and he could run more than both of them. I mean, Herbert, I'd say maybe not Herbert. I, I'd take him over Burrow. I mean, I know everyone loves Joe Burrow. I know he's really good, but like, I don't know. Burrow's just a winner. I know they would they play each other in the in the college football playoff when he was at LSU and um, Jalen Hurts. Oh, that was a bloodbath. Yeah, but I mean, obviously rosters. LSU literally had an NFL roster. I mean, you had Justin. Oklahoma Jefferson. thought they could play man coverage twelve yards off against three future stud <laughs> receivers. That was a mess. Harris Marshall, yeah, no. Nah. I'll I'll take I'll take Hertz over Burrow though, and then Herbert and Hertz. I think is a close one. I'll give a slight edge to Herbert, but I mean Hertz is definitely on the rise. Like the only definites who are better than him. I mean Mahomes. Um, Mahomes, Allen. I don't know. I mean, after that, That's probably it. That's probably your undisputed right now. Who the only two? Like, like if you pulled thirty-two GMs, like who would you have as your quarterback tomorrow? That's probably like, like, would you have Jalen Hurts or that person? Like, it's probably the only two undisputed that you're getting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think, I think you can definitely make an argument for both of them. Which again, it's just such a testament to Jalen Hurts' growth. So good for him. I don't know. If I would take him over those three guys, but he's a hundred percent in the tier. Mm-hmm. Like you could order those. You could. I think. I think like some of them are pretty interchangeable. It varies from person to person. And I think Jalen Hurts is one thousand percent deserves to be in that conversation. So again, complete hats off to him. All above Tua, by the way, as well. I didn't mention Tua because Tua's obviously had a good year this year. Obviously struggled. We'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, hats off to Jalen Hurts, and we'll see if he's on his way to an MVP. Season, I think a lot will come down to his game in Dallas. If he's got a signature performance there, that'd be an easy thing for voters to look at and be like the best team in the league. And when Hertz had a game that it was it's on Christmas Eve, that's kind of like I'm sure it'll be like America's game of the week because I don't think it's the Sunday night game. Um, and he's got a chance to really like show a national audience once again why he deserves to be an MVP. That line, by the way, a look obviously it's a look ahead line. Dallas one point favorite, so. Do do kind of what you want with that. I think that's a pretty fair line. That's kind of like yeah. what I would expect. That doesn't like sway me any way or the other. Enough with the Eagles talk and Jalen Hurts talk. Though. We'll get into the last NFC team real quick before we pivot to the AFC. The Detroit Lions get a nice victory this week over the Minnesota Vikings. I think anybody who really saw the betting line on that one, the Vikings were two-point underdogs, even at 10-2 and two coming into the week. Kind of got a sense that, all right, maybe something fishy is up. But it's a testament to how well the Lions have really played over the last month and a half, I want to say, ever really since they played the Dolphins really close at home. Then they beat the Packers at home. And really, once they beat the Packers at home, they went on a nice little win streak there. They had that dominant win against the Giants, I know, in that stretch. They had the game on Thanksgiving where they played really close against the Buffalo Bills. And then most recently, they dominated the Jacksonville Jaguars. So an 11-point victory over the Minnesota Vikings. They Penny Sewell makes a nice little catch to really seal the deal. I think they kicked the field goal after that. Their defense isn't great still by a lot of metrics. I think they've given up the second most yards per game in the league. But the Minnesota Vikings defense is the worst defense in the league in terms of yards per game. Um, I don't think it's a bold statement to say that the Lions are just an overall better team. I know the th- the thing that's hard to evaluate the Lions is that they have very drastic, like, home and road splits. And, like, that's kind of been the thing with Jared Goff in his career, too, that, like, sometimes playing away from home is difficult for him. Like, I remember that was, like, the big thing when they were going on their Super Bowl run. He was so good for, like, the first 13 weeks of the year. And then it got into December, and it, he struggled mightily. And in the playoffs as well, they really took the ball out of his hand. So 
He gets another chance, definitely with not as good of a roster, but their offense is really good. They have a huge game this weekend against the Jets. If they can beat the Jets, they have definitely a good chance to run the table for the rest of the schedule and get into the playoffs. And, yeah, their defense might be great. And yeah, Goff might have some question marks at the – like playing into December, maybe playing away from Ford Field. But, I mean, I don't know if this is a team that people want to see in the playoffs because of how physical they are and how well they can run the ball, as well as, like I said, this past week, got those for four touchdowns. So this is, a, this is a really good football team, and they're kind of, like, hitting their stride at a pretty good time. Mm -hmm. This team, like, started off good. I mean, obviously, like, they barely lost to the Eagles. They beat the Commanders, and then it was kind of almost after the – um. I mean, the next two games – I know they played like the Seahawks, like a really high scoring, and like they had the Vikings beat on the road. And then after that, they kind of went on like a little bit of a stretch, and now they're kind of like back. Yeah, I mean, certainly the offensive line is, is good. I mean, Jared Goff, I think like the Goff like slander has been like a lot. I know this dude did go to the Super Bowl. Like, why does no one even act like that happened? Like, Joe Burrow. Goes to the Super Bowl and everyone's acting like this dude. I know he he won a national championship in college, but like Joe Burrow goes to the Super Bowl and everyone acts like he's just like automatically like a winner and all that. I know like maybe the 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 Bengals weren't supposed to be that good last year, but I mean like Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl and I don't think like anyone even ever acknowledges that. I know like they lost in the Super Bowl like a pretty ugly game to the Patriots, but I mean he still still has went to the Super Bowl like he's had success. Like, his team's had success in the playoffs. So, I mean, he knows what it kind of takes. I know he, like, didn't do that great, but, I mean, he kind of knows what it takes. He's and, been around winning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been around winning for sure. I mean, this game, I think, was just an easy line. I mean, why are the Lions minus two at home against a 10-3 and three Vikings? I was telling you yesterday, like, the Vikings, like, Vegas just hates the Vikings. Like, they're minus four next week, this week, at home against Jeff Saturday. Like, minus four, like, I get this team is, like, not good analytically and, like, metrics-wise, but minus four is, like, a really low line for a 10-3 and three team. Um, yeah, the Lions are definitely a team you don't want to play. I need to see more success from them away from from home. Um, They've kind of been a team who's been really good at home, and I feel like they're more of just a dome-oriented team or, like, a warm-weather type team. Like, I feel like... Most quarterbacks obviously play better in a dome, like no wind, no anything, no cold weather. So, I mean, this week at MetLife, I don't know what the weather's going to be, but I think this should be a, a good game. I mean, two teams um, fighting to get in the playoffs, two teams who have shown some strides of improvement this season. So I think this is actually going to be a good game. I don't know if Mike White's going to uh, – hey, we're going to make this pick uh, soon, but, yeah, the Lions, I agree. Like – would you rather see the Lions in the playoffs or, like, or, I mean, you'd, you'd obviously rather see, like, Seattle than, than the Lions, like, no question. But, I mean, like, the Vikings, if the Vikings play, like, the Lions on a neutral field, like, the line is low-key, like, what? Like, Vikings minus two and a half? On a neutral field? Yeah. I think the Lions are favorite. Really? Yeah, I think if the Lions go to Minnesota for a playoff game, say that's like the two versus seven, I think the Lions will pick them. Especially if the, that would mean the Lions got into the playoffs, that means they continue to play well down the stretch. Oh, yeah, I think the Lions are easily a pick. I actually wouldn't be even surprised if the Lions are favored in Minnesota, which is disgusting.
be sad. But yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't see like you know what I mean. You can look past records and stuff like that. That's why sometimes records can be very blinding and stuff. But they're a tough evaluation. The Vikings, obviously, but they're aside from the Cowboys, who will probably be a wild card team if the Eagles hold on. I mean, obviously, my Giants and stuff like that. But the Lions are right now the way that they're playing are significantly are better than the Giants. Are like you would rather like you'd rather play the Giants than the Lions. You'd rather play Washington than the Lions. You'd rather play Seattle than the Lions. You'd rather play. I know they're not a wild card, but you'd rather play Tampa Bay than the Lions, which is also if you act me crazy. You'd rather play Carolina than the Lions if they end up winning the South. Like so, yeah, it could potentially be a bad draw for whoever has to play the Lions in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, probably a top five team in the NFC. I mean, you can make the argument they're top four if you think they're better than. The Vikings, which honestly, I mean, the first time they met, they should have won that game too. So, I don't know. I mean, I've I've never really been a – except that awful time when I said, like, the Vikings were better than the Eagles. But clearly, I was wrong, and I'm not making that mistake again. Like, the, I think the Vikings are kind of fraudulent. Like, they have solid players on their offense. But, I mean, even – like, against the Jets, the Jets outgained them by 200 yards. Like, they just can't put the ball – in the mm-hmm. end zone. I mean, yeah, I think the Lions, yeah, I think they're the fourth best team in the NFC. It's crazy to, like, talk about just because I feel like the and it's just a down year in the NFC for sure. It's kind of like the Eagles, the, 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 the Cowboys, and the Niners, and then it's just, like, everyone else in that next tier, the Lions and, and the Vikings. And then, I mean, maybe, like, yeah, then you got, like, the Giants, Commanders, Bucks. Seattle, and then everyone else is kind of like not really good. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a down year for, for the NFC. But, yeah, I think the Lions are the fourth best team in, in the NFC, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's definitely an argument to be had. And now, look, is that maybe a little bit of an overreaction? Yeah, it could be. And do we want to see the Lions now playing into December with a defense that's maybe not as strong as some of the other teams in the NFC? And like we said, maybe there are some questions with Goff away from home and colder weather. But, I mean, this is still a team that runs the football very well and is a very physical team up front. So we'll have to wait and see. I think the Jets is a really good test. That's obviously a good a good offense in the Lions going up against a really good defense with the Jets. And the Jets are going to be looking for some vengeance scores. We pivot over to the AFC because, I mean, again, they showed – like they might not have won that game in Buffalo, but they showed one that they belong in that game for sure. And they definitely belong in the AFC playoffs. I'll even go that much further. Um the defensive line of the Buffalo Bills, though, took it really personal. That first time that they played, the Jets were so physical in that one, and they did such a good job of running the ball, and the Bills said, ah, oh, not this time, and they got after Mike White. Mike White showed he's an absolute fighter. I mean, the fact that he came back oh. in the game after taking both of those hits is so commendable. And, I mean, really, some of the growth, again, Mike White, we've been talking about the late-round quarterbacks. Mike White's like a fifth or sixth-round pick, I believe. This is another guy who – is I believe it's his third year, fourth year, who, again, really only got in one chance last year. This is a guy who is putting together – I don't want to say a case – like, he's putting together a case to potentially be the Jets quarterback in 2023. I'm not saying years down the road and stuff like that. But, again, in a game where it was really bad weather and stuff, he got real beat up. I mean, he kept the Jets in it. And, obviously, a couple weeks ago, if they punched the ball more in against the Vikings in the red zone, they win that game. I mean, those are two playoff teams that he – like, on the road, too. Those are not easy environments at all. This is a really good spot for him this coming week. And I, like I said, we'll wait a little bit to talk about that Jets game. But I was definitely impressed, again, with the Jets' defense. Now they were able to limit Josh Allen. The Bills' offensive line isn't 
what it was early on in the season. Do I think that could maybe hurt them in the long run? Yeah, but they continue to find ways to win games. Like I don't want to say that this was like comfortably. I mean, they, they didn't play great on third down as well, the Bills. Uh, I forgot the exact third down conversion rate. I don't have it in front of me. But, yeah, like I said, they're not the same dominant team that they were early. We've been kind of echoing that time and time again but their defense the last couple of weeks to put on some real good performances and i'm not i'm not worried about this team i think that maybe they, they have a chance again to just peak again offensively at the right time mm-hmm. yeah i mean the jets zonovan knight kind of the rb1 now i mean just like a lot of different stuff garrett wilson's definitely a certified stud i mean yeah mike white's a guy like definitely a dog in this game, I mean, he took that hit from Matt Milano. For him to come back, I mean, just shows a lot about him. I mean, even Garrett Wilson after the game last week said, like, he'd, like, fight for for fight for him and, like, ride with Mike White. And I don't see him saying that, like, about Zach Wilson. I'm not saying he dislikes Zach Wilson because I'm pretty sure he said he loves him. But, I mean, this is a game, like, honestly, the Jets, I'm not going to say, like, could have won this, like, they they blocked a punt. Jermaine Johnson blocks a punt in the fourth, and then the, and then the Jets are driving. Michael Carter fumbles the ball, and you give the back you ball the ball back to Buffalo. It's just it's just difficult to like turn the ball over. I mean then, and then when Flacco came in for one play, dude gets strip sacked, and they recover. I mean it's just tough. I mean, Mike White has like a solid time moving the ball. I'll give him that. It's just like. They've had real trouble punching the punching in touchdowns. I mean, last week against the Vikings, they scored one of them, and it was like a Mike White rushing touchdown where he just like sneaked it in. And this week, Zonovan Knight rushes it in, I think, from like 13 yards out. So, I mean, against the Bears, he really had no problem. We'll see how he does this week. Those are, like you said, those are two tough environment, tough games, playoff-type teams. So – he is able to move the ball, I'll give him that. And yeah, I, I like Mike White more than like I thought he was. I mean, I thought I like I'm not gonna call him a fluke, because I think he is like a solid quarterback. And he's definitely like played hard and showed a lot of fights. So I mean, right now, like, yeah, Robert Sala, if Mike White is healthy, like he is your QB one. And I think it's a good move, obviously, to make Zach Wilson your QB two. I mean, Joe Flacco comes in. Not saying like he was meant to just come in and like be good, but like obviously he didn't really do much. Uh, I was a strip sack, and then for the Bills, the Jets' G- defense holds them in check. Basically, I mean, they Josh Allen gets a rushing touchdown. He find, he finds Dawson Knox, and then two field goals. I mean, this was a zero zero game until like like this late in the second quarter almost. So, I mean, two matchups with the Jets and. They have kind of been um, lackluster. Yeah, I mean, holding the Bills in check. So, I mean, like the Jets. Not, not a it. team that the Bills want want to see the first That's round. That's what I'm saying. Like, if the Jets do get the seven seed, the Chiefs probably get that first round by, maybe. If the Chiefs get that first round by, like, the Jets would be looking at a matchup with Buffalo. In, in, in Buffalo, too. Like, the Jets, like, the Jets team profile as well to go play. Like, the Jets team will travel to cold weather. And we just um, saw it this past week too. Like that's a I'm, team that like like the Jets would like are meant to a lot better than Miami to go play in Buffalo. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously the Jets play in New York a cold weather environment. It just as well that helps. If the Jets had to go into Buffalo, 
Like, I would have confidence in the Jets' defense. It would be, like, the offense. Like, how many points could the Jets score? But if the Jets were somehow able to get to, like, 17 points in a game like that, like, I would love their chances. I don't like – like, they have really flustered Josh Allen through two meetings. I know, like, guys Josh Allen, but, yeah, I mean, through two meetings, he's definitely been flustered. And this Bills offense, even – like, they were just an absolute juggernaut early on. And since – like, I don't know which game. Um, Maybe, like, yeah, like that Green Bay game has kind of, like, gone a little bit backwards, and they kind of have been. I don't know, like, how Zach – um, how Josh Allen's elbow is, but if you really think about it, I mean, like, the offense, like, you have Josh Allen, you have Stephon Diggs. After that, it's really not that explosive of an offense. Like, how good is Gabe, Gabe Davis, really? I mean, you got – they pick up John Brown. Isaiah McKenzie, like Dawson Knox. Beasley, Beasley, they just brought back too. Oh, really? Cole this, Beasley? This week, here. yeah. Yeah, but still, I feel like the offense is not – I know. I'm sorry to cut you off again, but yeah, this is like – I don't know. I think it's something that's like the Bills, like, skills players. Like, I guess they have a bunch of them, but I agree with you. Like, there's nobody that you really write home with outside of Stephon Diggs. Like, Singletary, Cook, and Naheem Hines, they're good players, but every team has those three. You know what I mean? Like, they're nothing crazy. Even Dawson Knox. Like, Dawson Knox is a solid tight end. Don't get me wrong. Is Dawson Knox a top 10 tight end? No. He's getting paid good money. They just paid him. But, yeah, outside of Stephon Diggs, their receiver room isn't great. They get a lot of good touches out of Isaiah McKenzie and stuff. So, yeah, I think that hopefully they hit their stride. I think that they potentially can. Maybe Ken Dorsey, too, it's first year calling plays. Maybe just going through – a little bit of them. I don't want to even say a mid-year struggle because they have had some games in that little bit, like when they played against the Browns, where they put up a bunch of points. So I just think that getting like for their sake, they hope to get back to where they were earlier in the season because they were definitely a much better offense earlier in the year. Like I said, that's natural and stuff, but hopefully, I think that they have a chance to really peak at the right time and get into the playoffs. For a team that's not peaking at the right time, core, we'll bring it to Miami. Back-to-back, real tough games for two. Only ten for twenty-eight in this one. It was a tough trip going first to San Francisco, then to L.A. to play the Chargers. Um, and all the Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa talk, I think that was put to bed. And, yeah, for a Dolphins team that we thought was the third best in the AFC for more than the first half of the year, I think it's pretty safe to say that we're reconsidering their ceiling. And I'm, I know they play in Buffalo this week. I would be terrified of this Miami team having to go to, like, on the road to certain places come playoff time because I just don't think this is a team necessarily that would that would travel well. And they I don't want to say they've shown it yet, but I think they're gonna show it a lot even on Saturday. Yeah, Miami is a team who when like they have to go into cold weather, I don't know how they're gonna even be. I mean you look even if they had to go to I don't know, the AFC North, the winner of that, or even the AFC South. Like if they had to go to Jack if they had to go to Tennessee it's still like a cold, like Tennessee's kind of in the south, but like still kind of gonna be a little cold. I mean, it's not gonna be like Buffalo though, or even like if you have to go to like Cincinnati, it's gonna be cold. That's kind of like a, I feel like that environment's usually better. I mean, yeah, you gotta go to Buff. I still would not take them over Cincinnati, and even against Tennessee, that spread's probably like Tennessee minus one. Honestly, I think it's a bad match. It's a bad matchup for them too. Tennessee could like run the ball well, control it. You know what I mean? Uh, for sure. So I mean, Miami is a team who, like, their offense at times has looked absolutely incredible. Tyreek Hill kind of limped off the field, like, late in this game. I mean, Jalen Waddle, the last two games, has kind of just, like, not really 
been getting the ball. So, like the Dolphins wins this year. I mean, they came, they came back against um the Ravens, but a lot of those have been against like pretty subpar type teams. They did beat the Lions, who I don't think are as good, who were as good as they are now. And then they've played the Niners on the road, the Chargers on the road. Two tough games. They lost them both. And now you got you got to go into Buffalo. I, I do not like the Dolphins at all in this spot. I mean, Tua in this game. I mean, Chargers had a lot of injuries. Derwin James, I'm pretty sure, yeah, didn't even play. And there was a time through this game. I mean, he was like, what, like 5 for 20? And he finished 10 for 28. Like, that's really bad. That's almost like 33%. Like, it's in the 30s. I'm not off the top of my head. Like, that's 30-something percent completion percentage. And, yeah, I mean, definitely an offense who looks a little rough. I mean, their run game, you could argue, like, Mostert and Wilson is a solid, like, duo. But, I mean, Wilson went down in this. And when you're trailing, like, you got to throw the ball. And they had a lot of trouble in this one getting things moving, really, for the most part. I mean, one of their touchdowns came off a Tyree kill. Fumble recovery touchdown, which is actually incredible. I mean, Great you got play. guys in the Chargers, like, celebrating already, like, not even seeing Tyreek Hill get the ball. And then a deep ball to Tyreek. Those are only two touchdowns. So, the offense was really held in check. Like, honestly, I thought the Jets going into Miami last week of the season would just be a loss. I mean, they are, like, they are better at home, but I don't know. I mean – the Jets' defense is definitely legit. Like, I don't think they're going to get, like – like, I think the Jets' defense will come up and, like, slow down Miami's offense. I mean, Tua hasn't shown anything against good defenses yet where I could, like, believe in him to get the job done. Like, I like, I think Tua's a solid quarterback, but I don't know how, like, he could fare against, like, top defenses, and he's honestly, like, shown that so far. He struggled against the Niners. I mean, even the Chargers – had a lot of injuries and he struggled on the road. So we'll see how he does in Buffalo. But I don't know. I think Tua, a lot of times this year he's played well, it's been against like really bad defenses. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but I fa- I think that's kind of how it's been. Yeah, I agree. I think he could have put behind, again, the struggle against San Francisco and some of the doubters being like, well, like, you know what I mean? It has been against some lesser tier defenses. If he would have came out on – Sunday night and really lit it up again. And people would have been like, yeah, maybe the Chargers defense is not as good. But Brendan Staley's still a good defensive mind as the head coach there. And it's like, all right, like, but he bounced back and they had a really nice win and stuff. But now you put together these two performances, it's almost like, all right, like, let's rethink. Like, is this Dolphins offense, like, as unstoppable, like the best offense in the league that we were potentially calling it at some point? So I definitely think that. I definitely think that that week 18 game against the Jets will be could be potentially big for a playoff spot. And I think you're 100% right. I think the Jets are a team that can 100% limit their offense, the Dolphins offense being. So that's going to be an awesome game. Hopefully they have serious playoff implications on the line there. We'll wrap it up with two former number one overall picks, both going in opposite directions. First, Trevor Lawrence core. He had a little bit of a skid in the middle of the season, but he had that awesome game early against the Chargers where we were like, is Trevor Lawrence here? And again, core, we can announce, man, this guy, 368 yards, three touchdowns in the air, another one running. I mean, the Jaguars have to be the most unpredictable team in the league, if you ask me. This is a team that some weeks they look actually really, really good. And then this is a team that lost at home to the Texans. So <laughs> it's hard to gauge them. It really is. They're two games back of the Titans. 
yeah. beating the Titans this game. They play also in week 18. So mm-hmm. that like there's a chance at the division. They would have to probably steal the game against the Jets that they play. And they play it on the road. They'd have to win one of these two next games, either I believe they're home against Dallas. I want to say don't quote me on that. All right. So home against Dallas and at the Jets, they'd have to win one of those two games. That would have to be Houston. They, on the road to Houston, Houston already beat them, so don't make that a given. Whereas the Titans play the Chargers this week. They also play Houston. They also play Dallas and Jacksonville. So if the Titans lose this week and the Jaguars can win one of these next two, we could potentially be looking at a really good Week 18 game for the AFC South, which would be nice for a division that is really disappointed this year. And, yeah, like the Titans, again, haven't played great against good teams. I know the Titan, the Jags are only, what, 5-8, and eight, but – they're, they're a better team than their record on certain weeks, as we've seen. And, yeah, this is just one of those cases that you see why Trevor Lawrence is a number one overall pick and why people are so enamored with him and why 2023 could be a really special year for him as a player, but it could also be a like turn in the right direction for the Jaguars. This is a really good year two, if you ask me, for a rebuilding team with their quarterback in year two. You get the – like, in year one of Doug Peterson, I could – like, even if the Jaguars finish this year at what, like – like, you know what I mean? Like, 7 and 10 and stuff. They took a lot of really good steps this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, last week against the Lions, they get absolutely blown out. Yeah, you come back. This line was a little low. I think it's just like accounting for – AFC South is not a good division. Like, even the Titans, I know – what are they, like, 7 and 6 right now? Like, really not a good team. I mean, even without Traylon Burks on the outside – um. Yeah, like Traylon Burks is out. This team's definitely like you got to give the ball. I mean, Derrick Henry played well in this game. Ten held into like terrible, but just you can make yeah. I think the Jaguars can make an argument are the best team in the AFC South. They're just a pretty unpredictable team. I just think like this week's tough. You know, I'm gonna have to continue with the trends. Um, Dallas almost lost to to the Texans, but I mean. The NFC East has dominated the AFC South, so, I mean, that could be a tough game. But, I mean, the Titans go to the Chargers this week. I mean, I kind of like the Chargers in that spot. So, I would love to see these two teams meet in in Jacksonville for, for like, the division in Week 18. That would be a pretty – that spread might be, like, Jacksonville minus one, to be honest, or something along those lines. So – yeah, I mean, definitely Trevor Lawrence has made strides, three touchdowns in this one. Evan Ingram throwing it back, not even maybe it's like a prime game on the Giants. He was always pretty unpredictable. We'll say he threw it back to like nah, that's his best, that's his best career game ever. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Of, I mean, like most guys, what do you have? Like eleven catches, one hundred sixty nine, one hundred sixty two yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's a career game for most guys. It's so. off the top of my head. If I had to guess, in the five years he was a giant, maybe went over 100 yards twice. I'm looking right now. I'm through the first two years. He went over I, – I got one. I got two. Maybe a few times. Two games he went over 100 yards with the Giants. Yeah, I mean so – Why did you, why'd you, have to, why'd you have to bring up Evan Ingram again? I mean, obviously he was always a guy with talent. Potential. He's always yeah. in play. He's a, he's a big play potential guy. Yeah, like, I remember the game, like one of the games that he went over 100 yards. It was the game against the Buccaneers. Jones' first start when he caught that long, like 75 yard touchdown out of the break at a yeah. halftime, up, up like like a drag and then up the left sideline. But yeah, good for Evan Ingram. I'm sorry I'm cutting you off here, but Evan Ingram, that, that's oh, enough talk. 
enough, enough shout that Evan Ingram gets to have on this episode. But also, in the interest of time, we'll wrap it up real quickly with the last of our number one overall picks today. And we've been all talking about them. Baker Mayfield. Uh, we even we, – did we sprinkle Joe Burrow? We didn't sprinkle Joe Burrow. We kind of sprinkled Joe Burrow in a little bit, uh, barely. Um, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, now. And then Kyler Murray. Poor Kyler tears ACL in the third play of the game. Just a disappointing year for the Cardinals, and this is – Worst-case scenario for them, they just gave him a contract extension, too. For a guy of Kyler to, like, a shorter guy who is more mobile, you get nervous that maybe he takes a big hit and gets hurt. So for him to get an ACL injury is definitely unfortunate. The hope is that they can get him back for the start of next year, and it doesn't really harm that, like, the 2023 season because they definitely want to flush this one away, get back started. Cliff Kingsbury's future is definitely maybe a little uncertain. I think they gave him a contract extension as well. So maybe he'll be back, but... Yeah, for Kyler, hopefully the recovery, it's going to be long, but hopefully he can get back to 2023 and get himself back into uh, top quarterback debates in the NFL because he's a special talent. And I don't know if we've necessarily seen him at one like 100% of who he can be. Like Obviously, he's shown really good flashes and stuff like that, but I'd love to see sustained, sustained success for a whole season with him. So prayers up to Kyler Murray. Hopefully he gets all well. You always, you always hate to see players get hurt in, in the NFL, especially talented Players who honestly, when they're in the game, like when they're playing, the the game is better. I'd say Kyler Murray's definitely a guy like that. I mean, his ability to keep plays alive and scramble, I mean, certainly is there's not many guys like him who who could do that. I mean, he could make something out of nothing a lot of times. Obviously, we saw that well, like two years ago, um when he when he chucked that uh Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins, but yeah, definitely a devastating blow to the Cardinals. I mean, it happens in a season where they kind of were not really going anywhere. I think it's kind of just a lost season. And the Cardinals are almost in a position, I'd say they're like almost like the Raiders, but I mean, they don't have they didn't have really as as much expectations. But they're both like those teams who like did Carr got like a contract extension with the Raiders, right? Yeah, but he doesn't have, like, guaranteed money. Like, they can get out of that contract really easily. Oh, okay. And, like, Murray's younger. I'd say, like, at least, like, the future of the Cardinals is a little bit more stable than the Raiders. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I would definitely take Kyler over Carr. Like, definitely. Oh, easily. Wait, yeah. I'm just saying, like, they're both in that area where they're, like, I mean, obviously the Cardinals, you sign Kyler, you're going to have to try to keep winning. You just take this as a lost season. But they're kind of in that situation where, I don't know if their rosters are really good enough to compete for like a top spot in their in their conferences, but like they're not gonna just like lay down and be like we're gonna rebuild. So, I mean, I think yeah, you got to take this as a lost year. I mean, they really didn't. They had a lot of injuries. I think you you hopefully get Kyler back for twenty twenty three. I don't know how Hollywood's situation is, but I mean. If you can get a season of Kyler, I mean James Conner in the backfield, um, D Hop and and Marquise Brown with Rondell Moore there, Trey McBride also like it's a solid offense in my opinion. Like you really didn't get any, really any of that. I mean, what maybe against? Did he even play against the Chargers? I'm not sure. Marquise Brown, he might have. Uh, yeah, he was like limited. Yeah, you never really got to see all of them on the field together. I don't even think Rondell Moore played in that game, too. Don't quote me. I do not know if Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, and Marquise Brown played a snap together this year. I don't think they have. They haven't. 
I'm pretty sure. So that that's happened. tough. Because the second D Hop was about to come back, Hollywood. Like, yeah, Hollywood went down, and then they, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they didn't. They they all didn't play together this year. They just ruled what's his name after the year too. So they won't play together. Rondo Moore. Yeah, I mean, so. you gotta just take this if you're if you're the Cardinals. It's just a lost season. You come back next year in the NFC West. I mean, you can make arguments like heading into next year. That's they could be the second best team in that division. Um. I mean, maybe the Rams are back with Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. But, I mean, you're going to tell me right now I'd make the power rankings probably them as the second-best team, even though Seahawks are having a good season. But we never really got to see a full Cardinals team. So it's, it's kind of like a lost season. But, yeah, for the Patriots, they stay in the playoff um, hunt. I think I think they move into that seven spot. Yeah, the, yep, right they now. are. Yeah. So, I mean, Bill Belichick – I don't know. Like I wanted the Jets to make it, but I mean, like they don't have that tiebreaker over, over the Pats. Um. So, Bill Belichick also. I mean, obviously, probably like the best or one of the best coaches of all time. So, them in the playoff hunt, not gonna like take the Patriots lightly. I mean, that team really not that talented, but I mean, they, yeah, they're right there. But I mean, the refs in this kind of kind of got to be better. We've all seen that thing of Devontae Parker clearly a little shaken up mm-hmm. after taking a hit. And, like, Nelson Aguilar is forced to, like, get the refs to stop it, which, like, doesn't really make sense. Um, Great move by Aguilar. Yeah. For, I mean, a guy, for a guy who's way too been scrutinized way too much in his NFL career for his play, which maybe justifiably so, that's his best. That's the best play of his career. So, really good move by Nelson Aguilar. And you're 100% right. With all the stuff that's been going around, to have somebody in the booth that's completely designated to something like that and doesn't see that, that's pathetic. That's horrible. You're 100% right. That 100% needs to get fixed, should be addressed. And the Patriots also need Ramondre Stevenson fully healthy if they want to do anything in the playoffs, if you ask me. And you mentioned the thing about the tiebreaker. It makes the Jets not having the tiebreaker over the Patriots could even make that week 18 game that much more against the Dolphins because the Jets would then gain the tiebreaker over the Dolphins if they won. So Mm -hmm. I guess we'll wait and see for that. With that being said, we will bring it in to our week 15 game picks. The San Francisco 49ers travel to Seattle to play the Seahawks on Thursday night football. The Niners are three and a half point favorites here with a win. The Niners would clinch the NFC West. And I do think that they will win this NFC West and like they will clinch it this week on Thursday. I'll take them at three and a half. I know Brock Purdy will banged up. He'll be fine. He's going to play. I just think that Seattle's defense has really been exploited these past couple weeks. I don't see it stopping here. But Seattle's offense struggled week two against the Niners. They're going to continue to struggle. This is the one of the best defenses in the league. And, yeah, I just think that uh, San Francisco is not, not going to have a problem being able to move the ball and put up points in this one. So I'm not going to ride a Seattle team, even though they are at home. It's just a team that maybe their magic has run out a little bit. So yeah, I'll definitely take the Niners here, minus three and a half, just a significantly better football team everywhere. Yeah, I'm going to take the Niners also. Definitely a better team. They played earlier in the year, and the Niners obviously won that game. So even with Brock Purdy, uh, I I think he should be able to play. But, I mean, it's just a good team regardless, even without Debo Samuel. So I'll take I'll take the, the Niners to win and to cover. All right, moving on to a Saturday game, Core. The Dolphins travel to Buffalo to play the Bills. The Bills are seven-and-a-half-point favorites here. It's going to be cold there. Obviously, people also saw the reports this past week that 
The Dolphins had heaters on their sidelines when it was 55 yeah. degrees. Guess what? It won't be colder than 55 in Buffalo. It's a big number here, which could surprise some people. But coming off back-to-back tough games, the last place Miami wants to play is in Buffalo. I'm going to side with the Bills here at seven and a half. These two teams played earlier in the year. Miami got the best of them, but that was just a mess of a game where Buffalo outgained them by like 275 yards in this game. I think the Bills are able to get back on track offensively. Miami's defense is not very impressive. And I think offensively, the Miami, like I said, this is just not the place to go to try to get off the slide. And with how good that Buffalo's D-line has been playing, two is really going to have to keep getting the ball out quick. I know they have a good scheme for it. But, yeah, they need Jalen Waddle to really step back up and give them two formidable receivers there. I'm going to side with the Bills here. I think it could get big in Buffalo. Like, it could be a big one. So, the Bills also – I mean, probably not as much. I'm Off the top of my head, what, the Bills probably have a two- or three-game lead on Miami. But if the Miami does win this, they have uh, the tiebreaker there. But I'll, I'll take the Bills minus seven and a half here. I think they kind of win this game by ten-plus. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills also. I don't think it's going to be, like, that cold. I'm looking at the weather – Supposed to be like 28 degrees at night, potential snow. I mean, that's that's colder than 55 degrees for sure. And, I mean, you also got to remember that Buffalo lost in Miami. So, I mean, they definitely still remember that. So, I mean, seven and a half. I don't think this is like a high-scoring game. I think Buffalo wins this game maybe by about 10. Anywhere from 10 to 17 points. Like, I, I think it's either like a two or like barely a three-possession game. So, yeah, I think Buffalo wins and they cover – Seven and a half. I'll go with like a final of about 20, 24 to 14. I'll say that's the final. I think they win. I think that's the final score. All right, Core. You got your boys at home. It's a pick them against the Lions, the Jets being the home team here. I'll start with you first. It's basically a playoff game for both of these teams. Who do you got? The Jets, two straight games on the road against playoff teams. And they did lose both of them, but they hung very well with both. I mean, the Lions are a good team rolling right now. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Jets coming home and the Lions have coming off like a home home streak and they're coming like going on the road. So I'm going to take the Jets in a pick game to win this one. I think Mike White's able to actually convert in the red zone. I think he throws for two touchdowns in this game. And, yeah, I think they the Jets win this one in a good game. Uh, be pretty close, but I think the Jets come out on top. Yeah, I like I like the Jets in this spot too. I'll take the better defense for sure here, and I think the Jets' defense is actually better than the Lions' offense. They can be physical up front. The Jets, obviously, Quinn and Williams, he's day to day as well. Definitely need him to go in this one. But I love the two corners too on the Jets. I think that they're going to be able to keep the Detroit aerial attack in check, and I think offensively, Mike White's going to be able to have a real good day on the secondary. I know he's a little bit banged up, but I'm. I'm Pretty sure it looks like at this point in the week that he's going to go. And, yeah, I like the Jets in this spot. Like you said, two tough games on the road against really playoff teams that they played well in both of them. And I think that the Lions – yes, the Lions are a playoff caliber team, but I think that the Jets are going to be able to have some success on Sunday. So I really like them at home in this spot. And that leads us to our Sunday night game core. The Giants are four-and-a-half-point underdogs in Washington. There's no way I'm going against my guys. They're depleted. They definitely need – to recoup some of that early season magic. But this is a team that has dealt with some adversity in the sense that they've been down early in games. They've been able to claw their way back. And for a game that absolutely means both of these two teams' playoff hopes too. Whoever loses this game is more than likely not making the playoffs. Whoever wins this game more than likely is getting in. 
I'm going to go with, of course, the Giants here. I think that there's a lot that they could take from when these two teams played a couple weeks ago, especially with opening it up a little bit for Daniel Jones, that they have to give him a chance to – they have to let Daniel Jones kind of let 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 him win the game. I think they've been a little bit too reliant on Saquon Barkley in the past, and it's just – he's not as explosive as he was early. Their running game isn't as good as it was early in the year, whether it's just a combination of Saquon as well as their offensive line and – Washington's got a pretty good defensive front. Like, let Daniel Jones – give Daniel Jones a chance to go win this game because Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke. And I think that ultimately Dable will do what's right, and I think the Giants will walk out of this game with a win. So I like the Giants in this spot. I think four and a half, too, is a huge number. Even if you don't necessarily agree with me on the winner, I think four and a half is a little bit too much here. Mm. This should be a good game, I think, two divisional opponents. The last time these two teams played was a tie. I think four and a half is a lot. I think this game settled by a field goal. But I'm going to ride with Washington in this one to get the win. But I think it comes by three points. So I'll take the Giants plus four and a half. It, I think it's going to be three or less. Like I can see it being even like a one or two point game. But it's going to come down to – I think I can't see this like not being a one possession game. I think these teams are – pretty evenly matched kind of and they both need this win so i think it's gonna be a good game i think the giants cover but washington comes out on top with the win all right with that being said that's gonna be it for today's episode be sure to check us out on the instagram at the deep ball underscore also remember we got some saturday's games this week three games on saturdays a bunch on sunday so it's gonna be an awesome weekend of football with that being said take care everyone have a good one